0: she's such a threat we choose the right to be who we are we know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom there's a way to live with earth and a way not to live with earth we choose the way of earth it's about power power <laughs>
1: Greetings and good day, and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart. The whole world is a beautiful day. Let us, uh, let's all, it's a good day to be here, actually, and let the people hear your voice respectfully and celebrate life. This is First Voices Radio. I send you greetings and strength from the east gate of Turtle Island, where the sun and the water touch the earth at once. And I'm your host, Teokas and Ghost Horse. This is an all-native-hosted, all-native-produced First Voices Radio now in its twenty-ninth year and of uh, broadcasting. And Liz Hill is First Voices Radio, Radio's producers. And uh, you can hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Bud Sprouts, Spotify, as well as First Voices Indigenous Radio for archiving and let you know that we will we will be... Going to a new web page in within the coming month or so, and uh, we'll announce that. And you can hear us also internationally on Savizar Contemporary in Berlin and Potsdam, Germany. Our first guest is Francine Blythe. Blythe Lewis is uh, Executive Director of Vision Maker Media, a public media nonprofit in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it's celebrating its 45th anniversary this year. She uh, is uh, leading the vision maker media to seek and advance a new native film talent. So those of you out there listening to and, and allies of native people, check this out here that to fund native media content and, and uh, produce, they produce native film and television public media intended for public television broadcasting. She works directly in partnership with this corporation for public broadcasting and many entities to provide prime native content for dig, digital and Educational platforms. And like uh, I met Francine years ago as a director of, of the Native Arts and Cultures Foundation in Vancouver, Washington. And uh, she serves on many boards, including the Nebraskans for the Art, Arts Board of Directors. And uh, she's uh, currently now our guest. And she is a Native woman. Francine Blythe Lewis is Eastern Cherokee, Sisseton, Wapitan, Dakota, and Dene and the vision maker media website is visionmakermedia.org so those of you who want to follow along and read about francine and what vision maker media is doing i like you to welcome first voices radio to first voices radio francine it's an honor to have you today uh, on first voices thanks for being here thank you it's my
2: great honor to be here
1: you've you've had this career in arts for a long time as director of programs at native arts and culture and also your career path, and your listeners, and you know some of the things that you have done up until now. Can you tell us what that background is, and why it's fulfilling for you to move from Washington, Oregon, back to Nebraska?
2: Oh, well, I um, primarily was, um, my parents live here and they're aging, and as they're aging, I was realizing they were needing, as the oldest child in the family, Um, And a matriarchal family being Danae, um, I was realizing I at some point need to probably be in Lincoln to be more there to help my parents. So that was really the biggest reason for me to kind of pay attention to jobs that were going on in in Lincoln and it just coincidentally very fortunately ended up that um, the previous executive director, Shirley Sneavy, had retired. So Um, yeah, so I applied and was very hopeful. And I miss working in the Pacific Northwest. It's the most, one of the most beautiful places, um, I think in our country. And I absolutely loved what I did there, working with, uh, Native artists nationwide on their projects and working with communities on social art projects, uh, primarily in, in the Northeast, Northwest, uh, states of Washington and Oregon. And before that, um, I did work at National Geographic in a um, in worldwide indigenous media program called the All Roads Film Project that gave me a lot of the experience that I'm utilizing here in Vision Maker Media, and prior to that, I, I um, got my degree in theater, and so I was actually really doing theater productions and directing theaters and um, plays and bringing Native theater to Lincoln, Nebraska when I was living here, going to college, and um, also at the NMAI, um, Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian, where I, after graduating, I was hired there to program the newly opened museum and their stage for theater. So that's kind of the backward track of of how everything built up to where I am now, and it all applies.
1: I I know, growing up, we all look at You know, the movies, film, TV, television, other media. Uh, And we all want to know how to get there, basically. You know, of course, we go to school, take the old, you know, standby, standard uh, possession of education. And then we come out, and then there are jobs. But there's something unique about vision maker media that it is, and I'm not too sure if it is only for Native people, but tell us a little about vision maker media.
2: Well, we were actually started by my father. Uh, Frank Blythe is the first founding executive director back in 1975. Um, Vision Maker Media back then was called the Native American Telecommunications Consortium. And it was started by a, a group of about half a dozen Native people that were in public television in various roles, that came together and developed the idea to create this kind of, actually back then, a library archive of native film um, for PBS stations to um, possibly consider for broadcasting. And then um, my father applied for the position and became the first founding executive director. And back then, um, there was really this is in the '70s, so there was really no organization of. Any sort in um, Indian country. Um, AIM was just, you know, coming to around to the wrap up of you know their activism, or maybe in the height of it in in seventy five and such. And what my father started to do was create conferences that um, engaged and brought together Native people in media, including journalism, including um, feature film, like anything at Sundance that was going on. Um, in all kinds of genres, radio as well, and did these annual conferences for about five years. And then from that developed, more Native organizations began to develop in different areas. For example, Native American Journalists Association um, formed out of attending some of those conferences that my father had put together. And then they also got increased funding from public CPB, um, PBS. And so then they began to give... Funding contracts uh, to native producers, who they trained to meet the quality standards for broadcasting on television, and gave them contract um, to produce their shows um, for broadcast and put them out there into the world. And then they also co-produced their own programs. Um, and I remember in the early days, my father's whole philosophy was we wanted he wanted to let audiences know. Indian people are still alive. We're contemporary. We're doing many things because PBS at the time had an idea of like the Indian wars, histories of Indian icons, which primarily were warriors and chiefs and things like that. And my father wanted to move away from that. So he did, his first show was actually on foreign, he profiled four native contemporary artists. Um, So those influences are what I bring to what I'm doing here in Vision Maker, there was that foundation under Shirley Sneavy. She really built the organization to be financially sustainable in many ways with additional funding support from um, foundations and other individual donors and sponsorships. And so now me in my role, I plan to um, deepen our impact of working within the Indian country and bringing more stories and bringing new talent to produce
1: for public broadcasting, some some of the indigenous stories that your father brought forward and Shirley uh, forgot her name, but she she they talked about you know maybe outside of the stereotypical romanticized or villainized native people and the war stories basically and and now Vision Maker Media seems to be to me from viewing it bringing out the human aspect of this and why was it such that non-natives were drawn into these Native American stories before you 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 explained it, but why has it changed now? Is, in other words, Francine, are you the update, are you the upgrade from that story your father brought forward?
2: <laughs> My idea. Yeah. That's, that's a
1: good question,
2: yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I am the updated, improved version, just kidding. Um, I would say I think um, many people still do not realize, not only in the United States but around the world, that Native American people are alive, we're surviving, some aspects we're thriving, we're persevering, we are, I I don't want to say we are assimilated, but we are educated and we are in roles and jobs and places in many sectors. Um, throughout the United States and the world from marketing and business, entrepreneurship, public media, education, you know, art, everything. And a lot of people need to know where we are and what we're doing in today's sense of who we are as a people and what we're doing with not just social issues that affect us, but also creative, innovative ways that we create work, art, and stories through um, film and
1: media now Francine Blythe when you we talk about vision maker media over the years we've we 've seen that happen, but it it seemed to me it 's a like a i don 't know started in a garage type of mentality now it 's blossomed into this probably international soon to be um, you know well well known that it 's been here for that long it 's like almost fifty years i suppose and and now it's offering what to Native people, because it seems um you know, s- someone commented, well, teoksin, you do you do specific radio for Native people, but that's not the point. You see where I'm going with this?:
2: Mhm um, I my personal philosophy is American Indians here in the United States, we are the foundation of American history. It started with us. We were here first, oh, shoot, sorry. Um, We were here first, and so um, our stories belong everywhere, a part of everything. I don't believe there's a part of American history that has not begun with the foundation of American Indians. All of this is our land, as simple as land acknowledgement, recognizing we are the first people here um, in the United States and on the whole, you know, Western Hemisphere So, to me, um, I want to take it the next step further and put our stories everywhere. You know, NOVA, uh, American Craft, American Masters, Masterpiece Theater possibly, American Experience, um, all kinds of places within PBS programming. We can fit anywhere anywhere. And I see a way and how to do that, and that's what my conversations are with these um, programmers and also these um, executives within the PBS stations and the CPB network is talking about, um, for example, indigenous science. That's a new thing, but we had we've had it for a millennia. But to not change the story and trans transform it into Western methodology, methodology, uh, methodology and terminology, but to recognize and understand and learn what indigenous science is and bring that to NOVA programming. Did I answer your question?
1: Yeah, you did. I, I like the fact that your phone goes off because this is a human program. I think that's, <laughs> that's part of what we're doing here. That vision media, vision Meta, maker media is is a human program and any human can access it, am I correct? Because it seems like this library you have there, that, and we're talking about foundations, the foundations of the modern native in the modern world has to do with, again, before 1492, really. And so when, when we're, we're looking for the access to find what we can use, what we can reference, how do we do that?
2: Well, um, for one, what we're trying to do too is, you know, we have, uh, geez, programming now, um, film programming and such, since probably the mid '90s, late '80s, um, or even mid '80s, when we started to produce film ourselves. And then also um, the ones that we have supported and that are out of licensing for broadcast; those are in our archives. So that's all pre two thousand. And what we're wanting to do is bring, um, look at the topics of those films and and take them um, back to community. Not necessarily that the film was the filmmaker was from that community, but if the story resonates to the community and the community would like to have that story in their museums or cultural archives or cultural centers, we want to um, return the story back to the community and hopefully have a community engagement component with that return, because that's, to me, where the stories actually belong. They, 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 we can archive them, but also we need to return them to the place of um, origin and share them with the community and educate and the next generation about that story from within their community. So that's one thing, but also we're doing online programming. Um, Because of COVID we had done a in-person film festival and last year we decided to put it online and it really kind of blew it out of the water for vision maker media for audiences worldwide that learned that's when they learned about really the contemporary sense of native people and our stories and, and um, a lot of them inspiring and a lot of them, explain our strength, it's not, they're not stories of, you know, detriment and suffering. They're really stories of, you know, how we are pursuing and persevering and enduring, you know, life's challenges that can be um, associated with any individual, you know, living in the world. Um, We all have these kinds of hardships and we work to overcome them. And um, so, And then we're continuing that online programming this year. This is our 45th. So we're doing a women's program next month, and we're doing a program on environment in April, and we'll have a panel of women leaders, Native women leaders, in March, and we'll have a panel around um, an environment topic. We're hoping it to be about the rights of nature and tribal governance. Uh, We're doing programming in the fall around Indigenous Day, and Veterans Day and Native American Heritage Month.
1: Is interesting and how about you know you talk about the high level excellence excellence that, that Vision Media Vision Maker Media is, is reached now is is of course you you said something to increase funding from PBS or CB uh, Corporation. Pro- uh, yes, that that <laughs> and and um what what does that entail? Does that mean do you have a further outreach, or how does that go?
2: Well, what we're going to do with that um, half a million dollar increase, annual increase in funding, is we're going to uh, we're we're going to work to create partnerships, working with Native youth organizations in communities, to begin to orientate the youth to filmmaking for public media and a career in public media. And that, and that can include radio as well where we're going to have our uh, master level filmmakers be mentors to those youth to help them to create a PSA and um, an educational component that they'll share with their community somehow. And then we are, um, so we're going to invest money into doing that and then we're going to invest money, um, we've already done this, we've already increased our funding, um, well we're really not funders, we, we provide money to contract for um, productions to go to broadcasting. And we've increased that contract amount from $100,000 to $150,000 um, per project. So we just closed um, the call for submissions on that um, I think about two weeks ago. So they're about to go to panel for review and selection. and. Um, also too with the increase of, you know, getting looking to acquire some more films. There's several people that make films, native people who make films and maybe they miss our call for you know project support or they got funding through their tribe or whatever and they can submit films, finished films to us that we can look up to acquire and still send them to public broadcasting. So we're investing more dollars into the projects and productions to get them to broadcast.
1: It sounds so so accessible now that you've explained some things there, and hopefully people throughout North America will be listening to this, and what is is your website that people can even dig into some more?
2: It's www.visionmakermedia.org
1: And if they wanted to talk with you?
2: Um, They can go on the website and actually get my um, email, but my email is f Blythe at netad.unl.edu. Dot
1: dot All right. Jeez, uh, I think we, we could have more questions, but right now we need to say it's an honor to have you here on First Voices Radio. Francine, thanks for agreeing to come on this early morning out there. Well, it's not so early in, in Nebraska right now, right?
2: Right. No, it's, it's lunchtime. It's
1: lunchtime. Yeah, we have snow over here and it's after lunch. And, but thank you for coming on. It's good to, to hear your voice and uh, good to meet you a few years ago in, in Portland, Oregon.
2: I know. It's wonderful when it circles back with people we've met before. And, you know, something like this brings us together again. It's, we're always crossing paths. That's why in our languages, we never have a word that says goodbye.
1: That's right. That's right. And uh, I don't know what to say because we're using English. Thanks
3: for, I know. <laughs> thanks for being well, here.
2: <laughs> well, thank you very much for um, having me on your show. I very much appreciate it, and I'm very honored, and I'm so glad to be able to speak with you again.
1: Great. Thank you, Fr- Francine. This is First Voices Radio. My name is T. Oakeson, Ghost Horse, and we'll return here soon. <laughs>
0: little daughter you are so small for a big woman so soft for someone who must be so strong little daughter i hold you in my arms i laugh and am happy at your baby girl smile to say i feel good is not enough little daughter i walk with you through the dimension called time for what are minutes days or years compared to father daughter places in eternity little daughter You, the delicate infant child, carry the innocent reality. I pray for your protection, prayers to help you through this life experience. Little daughter, the times I hold you next to me, I am flowing an infinity of love to fill the times I cannot hold you next to me. Little daughter, I am always with you, even when you cannot see me there. Sister, sister, I want to talk to the woman in you We're under siege in a troubled time Sister, sister Won't you hear my voice? I'm your brother But I've made the mistakes of a man Sometimes it's lonely being a man The programming has its effect Isolation is such a cruel thing Sister, sister Won't you understand? They took your brothers Turned them into men Like they took our sisters Turned them into women Sister, sister We are all the family of Earth. They have taken us away in their nuclear war, taught us to compete and abuse and blame each other while we're all being used. Sister, sister, hear my heart. It's time to bring the family back. Together, we must remember Earth. We must remember what life is all about. Sister, sister, I am your brother. Every time I've ever hurt you, I've always hurt myself. Sister, sister, hear my voice. It's all up to us. We have a choice. Crystal clear tears of salt come when my heart talks with sadness. The tears flow my emotional rivers. It's no damn use to pretend. Pain will not rise again. Crystal clear tears of salt help my heart to feel for something when I do not want to. Clear my vision, see my peace. Men don't cry. Indians are stoic. I tell that to my heart, my eyes. They just laugh at me. And sometimes when my spirit hurts, they make me cry, crystal clear, tears of salt. Purify my memory, help me understand this is not the beginning nor the end. For my children, to the people I can talk, when it comes to you, I know what to say. It's I just don't know how. I love you, that's not a question Showing it has been confusing My life has drifted always. Somehow I could just never stay I've rationalized I'm headed to a goal Yet sometimes my heart hears me running to a future Always from the past I love you, don't want you hurt I want you to realize your potential I've always been afraid to interfere My bias, my prejudice, my doubt The weaker sides of me I had to protect you make you stronger. Compassion is to be your companion as you head to your destiny. I've tried the only way I knew. Please try to understand. I didn't know what else to do. And I love you. Yesterday's laughter is the balance for today. Today's tears are the cleansing for tomorrow. We started out so long ago. There was no one to teach us what we had to know. The days were ours. the times, they were extreme. We did our best and we did our worst in the constant struggle to understand why. Illusions and fantasies battering us, teaching us the hard way, forcing us to find a right way. Shelter and comfort coming where we found it, constantly moving, it was like being chased by something we did not understand. Many are the times we could have just laid down and died, but the will of life helped us to survive. As we travel through life, with yesterday's laughter, the balance for today, and today's tears, a cleansing for tomorrow. Young ones, listen. Remember who we are. Remember where we are. Do not take the word of America. Listen to them as in caution. Live among them as in surrounded. Live not as they live, live to appreciate. Seconds ago in eternity, ancient ones decided, way before wounded spirits, dreams shattering under aggression. Earth is mother, we are children. The protection is our innocence. Seconds ago it was decided, we are the middle of forever. Look for your medicine. There is a white world gone mad, thinking protection is in force. Greed the machine preys on them. But they will not admit it or do anything about it. They have no medicine, with backs turned on children and elders. They do not even care for air or water or land or life. Too confused to care is no way to live. Young ones, listen. Remember who you are. Remember where you are. Remember why you are.
1: And that was John Trudell with the Cleansing Red Earth Song. Before that, we heard um, what a Higher Ground, originally by Stevie Wonder, but that was a group of people, world musicians, that were singing this and various... What they do now is they go to Zooms and kind of watch each other play, and then they, they tune in as they, they will, and they come in during the bridge and before that, and... That's what happens, and it's it's a good way to bring diversity among the people from all over this life, and uh, that was higher ground. So I'd like to thank you for, for all of this, and uh, thank you for uh, being here for First Voices Radio, and I really appreciate that you have listened to radio. So I think in, in this light of having some time to speak here, I'd like to talk a little bit about... What would happen on the twenty first? The twenty first um, of of February every year is what they were, are calling the World Mother Language Day, and uh, it's about <clears throat> fighting to preserve linguistic diversity across the planet. And we talk about the world; the languages are dying, and talk about the indigenous languages, especially that are dying and dying fast today. And in, in and also International Mother Language Day that was started by UNESCO to promote the world's um, linguistic diversity. UNESCO is the United Nations Economic, uh, what is that acronym? Anyway, has to do with the UN, and, and sorry for all of this. Um, I was expecting a yes, so, but now I'm going to speak from the heart. And when I look at uh, what's going on in this country, you know, I think about how the languages are not really looked at as having anything to do to promote what's going on with America because it's about English and Spanish and any other languages but native languages. So I'm going to continue on with this language and and do what I think is the best I can do. The 90% of the world's languages are dying out by the end of this century. We're talking about indigenous languages, languages of the earth. And um, I think that's very important to understand that the languages of the earth, we lose the expression of unique vision of what it means to be human. Because we, in my mind, that we become too technical. We become too technical with the sciences, with the religions, with the government, and everything is about the rule, following the rule. And the further we get away from being humans... I think we have trouble of of connecting with each other and especially with the earth. And the academic David Crystal talks about, you know, a country with hundreds of languages such as India with at least seven major language families and rapid language loss. And the language could be culturally devastating. In other words, cultures will be wiped out. And then we have Mickey Mouse and McDonald's. And each language is a key, is a keystone that can unlock local knowledge about medicinal secrets, ecological wisdom, weather and climate patterns, spiritual attitudes, artistic and mythical histories. Languages have naturally risen and fallen in prominence throughout history. And what makes this different in India as well is, uh, throughout the world, it is the rate that it w- which it is happening and the number of languages disappearing. So in, in that way, the official language that we lose memory of the planet's histories and cultures. And um, I really would think about asking you to histories and cultures. Now, is it a culture to wipe out other cultures, other people's way of living with the earth? Because we're imposing how not to live with the earth, but to leave the earth, to launch our language into going, discovering other bigger worlds. Now that's all good and said for in its own imagination that's anthropocentric, but we haven't taken care of this one. How can we expect to take care of another world in that way? So when we do that, we lose some of the best local resources for combating environmental threats and um so that's you know part of understanding what how languages and why languages are so important and um once once we are we are able to understand these languages, then if, if we are able to really enact these languages, I think in our vernaculars about how to see and read the energy of the patterns of different, different um, I, I would say, life forms out there. And so when I'm talking about speakers of the mother tongue, some reservations, there are very few. Like on my reservation, I think there are like maybe 100 original of those speakers. And I understand the language, but not fully, because it's been updated, it's been nounified, and as a result of the campaign by government and churches to stamp out our cultures, it started with the languages that we could not communicate and so we were culturally distanced from each other. We were nature-distanced from our original homelands. So we got disconnected, and we lost, began to lose the language because we couldn't understand the land that we were pushed to. The weather patterns were different. The land, the fauna, the animals were all different. And that tragedy still exists today, and, and, and consequently unable to speak our first languages is it plays a mental anguish because we want to be who we are, everyone here, everyone who's in this listening capacity. And what I noticed is in its place, they put a sort of a conflicting language, a language of conflict and conflagration. And what, what I mean is that I learned to speak a more war language a possessive language a property language this is mine and this is yours and it's all explained through you know the the, the shadows of science religion and government you know for example the, the deb Haaland, who's now in the hot seat i suppose here in washington is she's been given questions that she can answer but her allegiance, I, I would think, is to the Earth, because that's what that cabinet position is about. And I think what happens is those who don't know the Earth so well are going to bring conflict to her. And because she is a native, and it makes sense to be in that position, as Deb Holland is. And and I think those of you who don't understand that and who are, Democrat or Republican? To me, excuse me, as a native person, that this Indigenous, being Indigenous to me, doesn't mean that I have to be Democrat or Republican. That's what you force on us to be one or the other. That way, there's clearly sides to be fighting against. And and when I think about how Deb Holland is sitting in the position where she she's fending off these attacks from the right and understanding that maybe they, they are not so I don't know, connected, related to the earth and why she had to, to show up at Standing Rock. Because the processes of that government that she has holds a seat in as a U.S. representative in New Mexico's first congressional district since 2019, she has that understanding that there are certain rules that the government did not follow when it came to granting license to the Dakota Access Pipeline. And it ran and runs roughshod to the endangerment of native lands and water and what little land we have left. And yet to think that Americans will offer the thoughts that we are going to take our land back it's a very, as, as uh, I heard before, it's very ironic to think that Americans talk often talk about uh, Native people not getting with the program. And that's why we're in the position, position we are. Well, you have to understand, it was the opposite before. You didn't get with the program of the earth. And this system is still not in program with the earth. And so maybe it will find this society, this system on the outside, on the outskirts of the rhythm of the earth. And when I speak about the languages, the languages are probably more tied and longer. It's not not a new language. So I'd like to say, you know, to listen up to to those Native peoples that are currently talking at you, no matter how bad or how good we, or well we speak English. Because after all, this language is a foreign language. Yes. And um, so in in this uh, rambling, which I was not prepared for, really not prepared for, to understand what we must say In your language, for you to understand, help preserve our diversity with the land, help preserve our knowledge, our wisdom, our strength, our medicine, our sacredness, our personal tie to the cultures of earth. Because I grew up in a time, I still experience natives not allowed everywhere, even here in the Northeast. And even in the Catskill Mountains, quite often we're, we're called upon to pray at first, which is not bad, or even dance and play flute, or put that headband on and think that you know that we pass as Native people. But it's the heart, and um, again, I'm finding this grave danger. And you imagine, you know, what it feels like. COVID is doing. It's the same thing, a viral language defining us out of existence as Native people. So, yes, educate yourself with the etymology. And there's things that you can do about this is read more. Even go to the Mother Earth Tongue Film Festival, Enduring Voices. These are, these are titles of films and articles and even website. There are websites out there, and I can't think of them now, but some of these provide you a way, us a way, to pay more attention to the loss of languages here. And if I rambled and you do not understand a word I said, well, that's just me reaching for different areas of information to make it plausible for you to hear, What do what I can today. Um, so thank you for joining us here. I'm going to just kind of go out with... Uh, a medley of different songs. This is what I think exemplifies a lot of thoughts going out there, especially among young people. And you've been listening to First Voices Radio. My name is Tio Kazungo Stores. Thank you for joining us. Doksha Ake Waching
3: And the hawks and the judges and the mob circle around the queen and role you play, and the pride that hooks you, while the big ones get away, love junkies want to change the world, quickly stays the same, money junkies might Run the game one step at a time. Polarity Hill. If the bad guys don't get too big, then the good guys will. With angels on the tape
4: and gangsters in the yard. Head Come easy
3: don't the peace come hard I my head away To reach the sky I'd grab that crescent moon Wield it like a knife Save it from the lies From the ropes that bind And the role you play And the game that hooks you While the big ones get away
4: Said a pipeline is coming. Black bears at the summit. Gonna have to move on with the white keys at dawn. Our daybreak star and our indigenous heart. she has said no, quadrilla say, they're fracking anyway, oh, my of my love, nobody said it was simple, but people, is it so hard? i uh-huh.